0: Merry Christmas, everyone. Take it, Chuck.
1: Right here. I
0: It's time for the magic. Any Star Wars fans? A few? Okay. Anyone not a Star Wars fan? You just lost two minutes of your life, so it's uh, the way it is. The way it works sometimes. Hey, uh, my name is uh, Chris, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you chose to hang out with us today. And uh, whether you come from a certain religious background or you come from no background at all, uh, we're just so glad uh, that you chose to hang out with us this Christmas Eve. Hey, if you guys would, uh, in your program, you received a little card. It looks like this. It's called our Connect card. And uh, if you would fill that out, that would be uh, wonderful. Uh, We are going to pick one of these cards, and that person will win $100. Not really, but uh, if you could could, uh, fill that out for us, that would be great, and we'll tell you when to pick that up here in just a second. Well, a tradition here at uh, the JAR is that uh, each Christmas Eve I pick a book and then I read it to uh, all the kids. Well, last year when we were evaluating how well I read, uh, the staff said that I really was horrible. So uh, I'm not going to read a book uh, this year, um, although there is going to be a book read, but it's going to be by someone else. But if I could have all the kids uh, come up here and if parents want to come... Uh, with them. If kids are a little skittish, you can do that as well. And so uh, let's get all our kids up here for a second. All right. Well, uh, so uh, today uh, is Christmas Eve, and I want to wish you guys all a Merry Christmas. And uh, have, uh, do any of you know this thing called Elf on the Shelf? I have one. Okay, do some of you have one? Okay. I have one. And. Uh, Well, this is the thing. The jar actually has an elf on the shelf, but uh, he's a shy elf, but it's a real live elf, but he's shy. So for us to kind of encourage him, we're going to have to say out loud, "Okay." we're going to have to say when I count to three here in just a second, you'll have to say, uh, come out, Mr. Elf. Okay. so as loud as you can on the count of three. uh, At the end of that, we'll say, come out, Mr. Elf. Okay. let's see if we can get him out here. One, two, three. Come Come on. Okay. Not sure where he's at. Here he is, right here. Hello. Hello.
2: Oh, thank you. I came all the way from the North Pole just to read you a story. Are you ready? This story is called God Gave Us Christmas. Parents, you can follow along on the side screen. So, Mama, little cub asked one night, who invented Christmas? Was it Santa? No, Mama Bear said. God invented Christmas. God gave us Christmas. Is God more important than Santa? Oh, yes, much more important, Mama said with a smile. The next morning, little cub sleepily climbed into her lap. Can we go find Santa, Mama? He lives around here someplace, I think. Hmm, Santa is hard to find, said Mama. But we can go find God. God is everywhere.
1: <gasps>
2: Yahoo, cried little cub. I didn't know we could find God. Oh, yes, Mama said. We can always find God. Little cub looked over her shoulder and whispered, Can we leave them at home? Yes, Papa will watch the little ones, and you and I can go alone. We will go find God? I'll see how he gave us Christmas? Yes, little cub, you shall see how God gave us Christmas. The next morning, little cub and Mama filled their packs, kissed their family goodbye, and set off to find God and see how he gave them Christmas. They walked to the top of one mountain and down the next. Whee! And then they went up another mountain where they set up camp. Little Cub was so, so tired that she went right to sleep. But Mama nudged her while it was still dark. Mama, why are you waking me up? Because it's God, Little Cub. Come see. What is that, little cub said in wonder as she watched the dancing lights in the sky. That is God at work, little cub. He sent his only son as a baby so that you would know light from dark. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is how God gave us Christmas. The next day, they arrived at a huge lake. All at once, with a mighty roar, a chunk of ice cut away from the cliff, and fell into the sea. Splash! What is that? Little Cub asked, covering her ears and leaning into Mama. That is God, Little Cub. He's so powerful, he can command the water to freeze and the glacier to melt. He's mightier than any king on earth. And because he is all powerful, he made Jesus king of all kings. But Jesus was just a baby. How could he be a king? All kings begin as babies. God knew we would need someone we could touch and see and smell. Mama paused to sniff little cub's neck, making her giggle, to understand just how much he loved each one of us. Mama woke little cub again before the sun came up. She pointed to the east at a star that changed from green to red to green again and shot out in many points that God again, little cub asked, rubbing her eyes? Yes, Jesus is called the bright morning star. He is always with us, and he first came when God gave us Christmas. But what about Santa, little cub asked? Did God give us Santa? Santa Claus reminds us about many good things, like generosity and care. But it is God and Jesus that we celebrate most come Christmas. We always want to thank God for giving us Christmas. On the way home, Mama Bear stopped by a tiny flower peeking up from the hard, frozen ground. Oh, you are too early, little flower, she said. Little cub, Jesus is like this flower. God in our world, living where you wouldn't expect him, surprising us. Christmas is a lot about surprises. Mm Mm-hmm. Like presents? Yes. Jesus is the best present of all. And God would have given us that present even if it was just for you. Just for me? Only for you, little cub. God gave you Christmas. Mama and little cub came upon a church, glowing with warm light. Soft voices reached out to them, singing, What are they singing, Mama? About the night God first gave us Christmas, when Jesus was born, Tomorrow is Christmas Day. Would Jesus have come for mean old Maggie the Moose or grumpy old Frankie the Fox, Little Cub whispered. Maggie, Frankie, any of us, Jesus is a present for everyone, grumpy or happy, mean or kind. God gave us all Christmas. Little Cub was glad to be back at home that night in her cozy bed. Thanks for showing me God, Mama. There isn't anything I'd rather do, sweet child, she said with a kiss. Night, night. Little Cub went to sleep and dreamed of bright stars and northern lights, of a king born as a tiny baby, angels singing over him. And woke up to Christmas. Yahoo, she cried. God gave us Christmas again. The end. And now Pastor Chris is going to pray for you.
0: Hey, let's thank the elf. There you go. For 29.99, you can get your kid's picture with the elf after turn on. No, hey guys, I'd like to pray for you real quick, okay? Let's pray. God thank you so much for all of our kids. They're your special gifts. And Christmas seems so much more uh, filled with joy when we see uh, the joy that they have, looking forward to this special day. And I pray, God, that you would bless each of their lives, God. Help them to grow closer and closer to you. Be with their parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, that they would uh, draw closer to you as well, and uh, that you would bless their lives. Um, God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for stories uh, like we just read, of knowing uh, the gift that you gave us in your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's give our kids a hand. Well, if I could sum up Christmas with one word, I think that word would have to be love. And I think that tonight, if God was going to give you one word for all of us in this uh, gym today, uh, this evening, I think what God would want you to know is that God loves you. In fact, The essence of the Christmas story, of the Christmas message, is simply this. God loves you. And if you want to, if you want to remember some of these things later on, you can fill that in. God loves you. Um, No matter what other people think of you or what they would say about you, God loves you. Even if your mother doesn't like you, And is not too crazy about you. God loves you. So I thought it would be a good idea, just for a few moments, for us to talk about tonight what it is that God's love can't be and what God's love can be. So the first thing about God's love is that God's love can't be measured, God's love can't be measured. A guy by the name of Paul, who wrote close to half of the New Testament uh, and is considered one of Jesus's closest friends, uh, wrote these words. He wrote, I pray for you being rooted and established in love that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Now, there is not very much in this world, if you think about, that can't be measured. My wife Jennifer and I have very different perspectives when it comes to a particular gauge that is on the dashboard of your card, and it's called the gas gauge. And for Jennifer, she wants the gas gauge to be half full, half full or more. She never lets it get below that. I typically wait until this little light comes on that reminds us that it's on empty and you only have a few more miles that you can measure before it actually runs out of gas. One time, this little light came on on our Suburban and Jennifer said, you need to stop and get some gas right now. And I turned to her and I said, No, no, I don't. I've measured it out before. We can go another 50 miles. Chill out, babe. Chill out. She said, there's no way. There's no way we could go that far. Uh, No vehicle gives that much reserve to be measured to go that far. And you know what? We went 51.7 miles until... I proved her wrong. I was so excited that I was right and my wife was wrong. But I was even more surprised that even though I was right, that didn't make my wife love me anymore. You see, folks, human love is finite. God's love is not. And the reason God's love cannot be measured is because there is no limit to it. It's just too big for any human mind to fully comprehend. And that's why Paul says that I want you to understand that this love surpasses knowledge. God never runs out of love. God never runs out of love. Well, that leads us to a second thing that God's love can't be, and it's this. God's love can't be extinguished. God's love can't be extinguished. Paul, the same guy, wrote these words. For I'm convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God loves you on your best day, and God loves you on your worst day. God loves you when you're thankful to Him, and God loves you when you're upset or angry or confused by Him. God loves you when you trust Him, and God loves you when you don't think that He's around. God loves you when you're sober. God loves you when you're drunk. God loves you when you're confident and strong and useful. And God loves you when you're anxious and weak and useless. God loves you in your crib, and God loves you when you're at your deathbed. Now, some of you might have come tonight and you might be thinking, but I've gone too far, I've done too much, I'm in too deep, I've made too many bad decisions. Nope. With people, maybe. Maybe you alienated a spouse. Maybe you disappointed a parent. Maybe you neglected a friend. Maybe you embarrassed your child. All human love, folks... All human love that's in this gym is imperfect, but God's love is not. With God's love, you can always come home, because that's what Christmas is all about. Another piece of good news is this that God's love for you can't be earned. God's love can't be earned. John, one of uh, Jesus's closest friends, said this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. You see, human love, folks, is influenced by how important we are, or how attractive we are, or how impressive we are, or how smart we are compared to the other person. Silicon Valley, which is the tech giant of the world in Northern California, where Apple's at and Facebook and Google and all the rest. Recently, I read an article about Silicon Valley in which the article stated this, the Silicon Valley 100, the most amazing and inspiring people. And then all of a sudden they had a list of 100 people that were the most important and who do you think was at the top of the list? Number one, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook. And right below him, number two, was a guy by the name of Larry Page, who was one of the founders of Google and now Alphabet. Zuckerberg is worth $72 billion, and Page is worth $50 billion. Now, guess who wasn't on the list? School teachers weren't on the list. Bus drivers weren't on the list. Little kids with Down syndrome or autism weren't on the list. You see, folks, God's list is very different than the list of the world. With God, nobody is higher and nobody is lower. To God, none of His children are prettier And none of his children are uglier. Being loved by God is not a contest that you have to beat other people in order to win. So if you came in today thinking to yourself that you have a little project of trying to make your life more important, just let that go. Because there's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. God is love. And that leads us to a couple of truths of what love can be. The first is this: God's love can be expressed and it is mostly within Jesus. Maybe the most famous quoted verse in all of scripture is in John 3:16, which says this: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that is, Jesus, that whoever believes in Him, whoever trusts in Him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, folks, every parent that I know of tries to express their love to their kids. When our girls were very, very little, just little toddlers, uh, one of the things that I would do when I would put them to bed tonight... I would always ask them three questions, and they would respond, and then I would give them an answer. This is the way it would go. The first question I would ask, I would say, do you know what? And they'd say, what, Daddy? And I'd go, I love you. And then they'd say, okay. And I'd say, well, you know what else? And they'd go, what? I'd go, you have a beautiful body. And they'd just smile and go, yeah, I do. And then I'd say, and you know what? And they're like, what, daddy? And I said, if I had to line up all the little girls in the world, I'd choose you, number one, to be my daughter. And I kept doing this over and over and over. I still do it today. And I just wondered, is this penetrating at all into their minds? Well, a few months ago, uh, we were getting ready for a trip, and my wife Jennifer and I were uh, in uh, the downstairs getting ready and we had our girls go upstairs and they started packing their suitcases when all of a sudden we heard this thunderous crash, bang, (laughs) and our youngest daughter Shiloh decided that rather than carrying a suitcase down the staircase, what she would do is heave it all the way down. Well, as she did that, it hit the side of the wall that goes down and took out a chunk, about this much, plaster and all, out of the wall. Well, I run there, and all of a sudden, as I'm running upstairs to make sure that there is some justice that's going to be done to Shiloh, Shiloh turns to me and says, Daddy, Daddy, remember you said you love me, and if you had to line up all the little girls in the world, you would choose me, number one, to be your daughter. Folks, God's love is expressed all the time. When you wake up in the morning and you see the sun just coming up, When you go to bed at night and you see the stars glistening, the laughter of a little child, the loyalty of a friend, the smell of Jack's Donuts. (laughs) Have you ever smelled Jack's Donuts before? I mean, if if that isn't proof for the existence of God, I don't know what is. But I love Jack's Donuts. And today, you're going to have a chance to take some donuts and give them away to people who are working on Christmas Eve. And so we'll have some donuts, and you can take those and give those. Now, don't eat them yourself, okay? You're supposed to give them to other people. I mean, it's not a good thing to begin the new year, you know, shoplifting God, okay? So uh, so don't do that. But for some of you, what you'll think of this Christmas... Is that every lung full of breath, every heartbeat, every mouthpiece of Christmas ham is God's gift to you. But the greatest gift that God ever gave is a gift that is expressed in Jesus Himself. In Jesus, God gave His best. He said, I'm going to send my best gift. And in Jesus, somehow we don't fully understand, but this love came and it actually represented him in flesh to the rest of the world. You know, one of the names of that little baby that Mary and Joseph looked over was a name by, he was called a name called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the promise of Christmas is that somehow, and I don't fully understand it myself, But God will take up residence in your heart and in your life and in your mind. This Jesus showed people how much he loved them. He taught them that the greatest command was to love God and to love other people. And on the cross, which nobody fully understands, he went to the cross and he said, I love you this much. And he gave us forgiveness. It is. Little kid said, that's a lot. It is. Another piece of good news for you tonight is this, that God's love can be received. And one of Jesus' closest friends, a guy by the name of John, said this, To all who received him, that is Jesus, he gave the power to become children of God. The idea here is that no gift can fully be given until it is received. No gift is fully given until it is received. The first Christmas of our marriage, I was so excited to go buy gifts for my wife Jennifer. And so we went out and we got a whole bunch of uh, gifts together. But then I went out by myself to buy things just for her and I bought her clothes I bought all kinds of clothes for her, different outfits, and I shopped and I shopped and I shopped. Now, the way that I figured out what to buy her was I went into her closet. And I saw what size was on her jeans and like, you know, what sweater she wore and shirts and all that kind of stuff. And I just went out and I bought all of these different sizes for her. And I was so excited. Our first Christmas together, all of these clothes, outfits for her to wear. And I gave them to her. And I noticed after each present, she became less and less excited. And the reason was I didn't take note of when she wore these clothes. I just picked the sizes kind of randomly. And this is what she told me. She said, Chris, women's clothes fit differently. You can't just pick a number or a size and go by the same thing. Women want things to fit just right. And then she said this some of them don't fit just right. And do you know what her next question to me was? Did you save the receipts? I gave her the gifts, and she did not receive the gift. And I've never given her a Christmas gift since then, but that's neither here nor there. But to receive a gift, folks, you have to claim it. You have to receive it. You have to prize it. You have to use it. You have to take it into your life. And God's desire for you is to receive his love most fully expressed in the gift of Jesus himself. And the gift of Jesus is here to be given to you tonight through friendship and forgiveness and guidance and his presence with you all the time. And maybe tonight, maybe tonight is the night that you would receive that gift. This would be the night that you would say, God, I am ready to receive that gift. I want to receive the gift that Jesus has given to me and make it my identity. I want to make Jesus my security, not my money, not my house, not my things. I want to make him the purpose of my life, more than just my own success. I want his power, power to give me hope, power to give me life, power to give me life even over death. And what's so cool is that this particular kind of love that he gives to us is something that we can pass on, that we can give to other people. Jesus said this, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And you know, I can't think of a better time to receive God's love and to express it and to learn about it than right now. Because God's love is seriously the greatest hope of the world. From the violence that threatens us, from the racial injustice that make our heart aches, from the pains and hurt that's in our family... Only God's love can heal. Now, over the next couple of days, you're going to be with your family. And some of your family members are hard to love. They're just people who are hard to love. Now, there are some people in your family that are called EGRs, extra grace required people, okay? Extra grace required people. And, folks, Every single family has at least one extra grace required person. And so tomorrow, as you sit at the table and you look around, if you can't identify who the extra grace required person is, it's you. (laughs) Or as you look around the table tomorrow, some of you will see a chair that will be empty for the first time. Because you've lost someone. And you may be suffering from that loss or that grief or that heartache or that anxiety or that confusion. And folks, the thing is, is that God's love is not a love that is given to for a suffering-free kind of life. It means that God suffers with us. And part of the power of the cross is that as Jesus was on the cross, He said, you never suffer alone because I know what it's like to suffer as well. Because That is what love does. And so a church is not about giving pad answers or cliches. It's about family. It's about love. And so starting in January, we're going to have a series called I Quit. And we're going to talk about some things that we're going to quit so that we can experience more of God's love. And so we'll be talking about things like, I quit making excuses, I quit complaining, I quit hurrying, I quit living in fear, I quit comparing myself to others. And instead, we will simply learn to know how to love as God loves. And I invite you all to come back starting in January. Folks, God loves you. And this is the reality that you can't get love wrong and get life right. And on the other hand, you can't get love right and get life wrong because life is all about love and God loves you. God loves you when you're at your best And God loves you when you're at your worst. And God loves you everywhere in between. And so I just wanted to give you a moment this Christmas that if you want, you could close your eyes. Or you can listen to these words. Or you can reflect on them. Or you could sing along with Derek. But Derek's going to lead us in a song about God's love for us. God, thank you so much for sending your one and only son, Jesus, to give his love to us. God, I pray right now for people who are in need of help. God, help them. People who are mourning, comfort them. People who are in need of healing, God, heal them. People who need your guidance, guide them. And people who want to be used. By you in a new way, God, would you use them? And I pray right now, God, for people who think because of their past that there's no way that you could love them or forgive them, would you let them know right now through the power of your love that you will forgive them if they'll turn to you? Let them know that you love them and that you've always loved them on their best day and on their worst day and every day in between because you long to forgive and love everything from our past and so tonight God would you come and would you remind us of that and send your forgiveness to those and tonight God maybe there are some people here for the very first time in their life that they would make that commitment that they would say Jesus I want you to come into my life that they would say I want you, Jesus, in my life. I need your forgiveness. I want your love. I want your good plan for my life. I want the assurance of heaven. And if that's you, I'm going to lead us through a prayer that I'd like you to pray out loud. But here at the JAR, we never pray alone. We always pray together. And So I'll repeat this and would just invite us all to pray this, but to repeat after me. God, thank you for sending Jesus. From heaven to earth To give me your gift of love Jesus forgive me Make me brand new I believe you died And rose again So I could live with you Fill me with your spirit So I could know you Serve you And follow you For the rest of my life My life is not my own Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. And, uh, okay, we just have one last thing and then we're done. Uh, Tradition we have here at the jar is that at the end uh, we uh, sing Silent Night. Now, when we're singing Silent Night, what I'd like you to do is to give some expression of love uh, to the people who you came with tonight. And so, for some families, I know that's just a handshake. For other families, that might be a hug or a kiss. Uh, for some families, that might be, I don't hate you as much as I did last year, you know. Um, whatever that is, feel free to do that expression of love uh, as we sing Silent Night. We'll sing three verses, and so it'll give you a chance if it takes you a little while to warm up. uh, You can do that if you need to move around. uh, That's fine as well. We only have one rule here at the jar, and the rule is this. Don't do anything weird with strangers, okay? So if you don't know them, don't touch them, okay? That's it. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to sing Silent Night. And uh, so everybody stand up and we'll sing this together and uh, give expressions of
1: love. i
0: your expression of love in we'll do it last verse here we go and then we'll be done
1: silent night
0: everybody. Thank you so much. Get some donuts to go. Have a good one. We'll see you.